Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of the ManjaCast. Welcome to episode 221. I'm your host, Scott Munro. I hope you enjoyed the international break as I did. Uh, sorry we didn't pod last week. We uh, were going to, but we thought it would be better to cover a certain topic after a game, and we will be covering a certain topic after we be reviewing uh, Roma 1 Monzanil. Uh, Stefano Sharari scoring in the 90th minute of seven minutes added time, which turned into 12. Uh, Gotta love the new rule in football. Uh, We will be also talking about the betting scandal that's hit Italian football at the moment, and we'll be doing a short preview of Roma, Roma, Slavia, Praha on Thursday. Um, With me this Monday afternoon uh, is Joey. How are you? I'm good, Scott, and you? Yeah, all good. As you can probably hear, guys, uh, I'm sounding a bit crystal clear. I have a new microphone, and it's pink. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I managed, I thought, screw it. I may as well buy a microphone just to sound more professional. Uh, My other one broke seven, eight months ago. Recently, I've had other things on my mind, so I was... There was an, uh, something did happen which changed my life uh, uh, quite a lot. On in June, I lost my father, and this was put on the back burner. But I now have a new microphone, Joey, and it sounds wonderful. It certainly does, Scott. Uh, I liked it when you sent it to me. You added some color to it too, which was <laughs> awesome to see. But you you sound great. You sound great on it. The quality is awesome. So I'm glad we're we're back for another podcast with uh, your brand new, your brand new mic i was gonna put the echo on but no that's no no good, no no that's no. not a good look um, no it is not should we dive straight into it because it's been probably a tormation a, a tough time for some of the couple of the roma players that were involved in a certain betting uh, scandal which we will talk about in, in, in a bit but Two players were involved in the goal. Um, but Roman defeated Monza 1-0. Uh, Danilo D'Ambrosio got himself sent off after 40 minutes. I thought that was a bit of a harsh second yellow. But you can't make that challenge now, going into the back of players. And now Andrea Bellotti has now had three players sent off this season for challenges on him. Tamori, D'Ambrosio, Hien. and who was the player for Hellas for Roma got sent off? Hien, yes, Hien. Um, but yeah, Roma scraped through. Stefano Sharari scored right at the end, 1 0. It was tough. There was two tactical formation switches, or one, sorry, one. Roma played 3 5 2 for the first 62 63 minutes and then went 4 3 3 with both Asmund and Al Sharari came on. I was really impressed with Asman when he came on. He was, I think he was given a free role to play in the 4-3-3 and he sort of roamed. He hit the post, had a couple good chances, had his shot blocked for the goal. But Roma did struggle at times to break down the stubborn Monza defence. And as I said to Mark Gordon on, on social media, you can understand why Monza are doing well and uh, Michele Di Gregoria is 
statistically the best goalkeeper in Europe at the moment. What were your thoughts on the game? Because it was a bit tough. I know you watched it later because for you on the other side of the pond, an 11.30 UK kickoff time and 12.30 local kickoff time is what, half six in the morning? And I did see yeah. some Roma fans are going, oh, I've got to get up at half past six to get up to watch this. And I think about for 90 minutes, they were probably regretting it. And then for the final 12 minutes, it was quite comfortable. They were not quite comfortable because it wasn't, but it was quite enjoyable. Yeah, the last few minutes certainly was. Uh, I felt the same way. I I had uh, the the urge to skip forward through the recording. So when a game like this happens, which is very rare that Roma play the twelve thirty local local kickoff time, I'll uh, I'll record the game because we have a, a a streaming app that has the exclusive rights to Serie A Premier League. I'll record it and then watch it when I get up, and that's what I did. And I. And I kind of wanted to just skip through it because I thought it was going to be 0-0. But the last few minutes were were great with El Shirari scorings. So um, it's great to get the win. But I'll start off to say about the game. I think Mourinho um, said a lot of points correctly in post-match interview about the, 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 the technical level being low on Roma's end. Maybe Monza kind of made it that way they're very stubborn offensively very hard to break down and they had great counters with Vignato which I thought was was absolutely tremendous when he came on I thought he gave us a lot of problems which which worried me um Di Gregorio played well which by the way Scott I know he was linked to Roma yes I definitely want him to be our next goalkeeper I think he would be perfect to have so we'll get your thoughts on it when you uh when you talk about it more um, but your analyst, uh, your analysis said it, uh, excuse me, on um, X earlier. You know, they start off in the 3 5 2, very hard to break down Monza. They did have chances. Uh, Awar had a chance. I believe Bellotti had a chance. Even Lukaku. And then Asmoon hit the post. So there were chances, just I thought they, they st- I still found that they, it was really hard to break them down. Um, but uh, I w- I'm with you as well. Asmoon impressed. Things I didn't like, like the XG. Um, I was liking where we actually had quality goals. You know, we're overperforming the XG, but now again, we're underperforming. Kind of felt a bit of Roma last year. But in the end, against a stubborn team, they found a way to get through. Luckily, they got the red. Maybe a little harsh, but you can look at it both ways. You can call that, which a lot of people do um, these days, I believe. So we uh, we kept going at the goal and... Finally, El Sharari scored. So um, uh, there's really not much more to say. It wasn't really a game where Roma looked their best, but they got the win. But some of the positive, like we were mentioned, I really like the way Asmund played, but now obviously he's injured. We'll see how long that calf injury keeps him up. But I was really impressed. And I said it, Scott, at the time we signed him is I think he can play a good link-up role when Dybala is not there. And I think he kind of showed that um, in yesterday's game. So I was really, really impressed with him. Uh, Cristante, he did super well at center back. I, no complaints at all. He was he was great all day. And yeah, we didn't look at our best, but ultimately we got the win, which all that mattered. 
Did you also notice when the tactical switch happened? So when Roma went to four three three, they were a bit open defensively, and that's when oh, very can- open. Oh, that's when <laughs> yes. the counter attacks happened, and when Vignato yes, Vignato did super well he's, he's on a it. Gem. He's such yeah, a gem. He certainly is. But we we were we were certainly opened on it. And I was getting worried how we're like this with ten men. Yeah, because all they they sat deep, they defended in because uh, I think they played at like a four. Was it a back four at times? Uh, I think, or was it a three? It may, uh, yeah, they play three five two. I'm stupid. I should. I've watched Monza a couple of times this season. They play a back three because I think. Uh, yeah, because D'Ambrosio, you can't play him in a four, can you? Because his uh, lack of pace out wide, but. His his sending off was a bit strange, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I would tend to think that second foul, they wouldn't give them the yellow, but we've seen it time and time again where they do. Um, so, I, I mean, like I said, there's always consistency needed to be had. So it's either you call those or you don't. And we've seen it where... Sometimes they call, sometimes they don't. Where that's where it's frustrating. Like the, the for me, one of the first things I think of was Ibanez's early sending off in the derby. Mm. Like you, a lot of people looked at it says, okay, that could be yellow, but that could not be. That's early. I look at D'Ambrosio the, in sort of the same way. Personally, I look at it in sort of the same way. So again, if you're going to call it like like they did last season, you you want to call it this season, but then. We're going to get another game or two where that should be a second yellow and they won't call it. So it's going to remain inconsistent. Um, was it a bit strange? Sure. But I think you can look at it 50-50. I don't think there's like a – like it's not like it's a clear foul where it needs to be a second yellow. I think it's just very debatable. Did you notice that both fouls were on Belotti? <laughs> yeah, he gets fouled a lot. He gets fouled a lot. Yeah, so as I said earlier, he's got three players sent off this season, which is just amazing. So so Monza play a 3-4-2-1, and I was um, I was a bit to in and fro in who was probably the danger man. It was Kulpani, who... He's been their best player this season. Best player this season. Their defense has been really rock solid this season. So, um, so Pablo Mari, who was the ex Arsenal player, he played in Brazil for a bit for Flamengo. Um, sadly, was caught up in that horrific incident last year where he was stabbed at a supermarket in Milan, and he's come back and recovered so well. And they got uh, Calderola, who was at oh, was it Lecce a couple of years ago when they got relegated. They got. Pessina, uh, is it Pedro Pereira, the Portuguese right back, Gagliardini, uh Yeah, they got Lorenzo Colombo played well yesterday. How did the ball up? They're a stubborn side that played really well. But one of my main takeaways from the game yesterday was after when Roma scored, we saw some epic shit again, didn't we? Yeah, we did for sure. It was brilliant. I, I think uh, that was needed considering how they were playing that game. Um, like, I, like I go back to Mourinho's press conference saying 
like Monza deserve more, which I agree. And um, they should be disappointed. And Roma, technically, I wouldn't say they're poor like Mourinho. I, I think he went overboard, but they weren't at their best. So I think Roma was going to do anything just to hold on to the win. They weren't playing any free-flowing football to just continue. They could have scored another goal. Uh, oh, Lukaku, that first touch. Yeah, I saw a video. I saw a video, Scott. Well, that's the bad of Lukaku, right? I saw a video where they have that uh, famous Lukaku saying, yeah, the, and then Lukaku. they show that. Touch. Yeah, they go Lukaku, and then they show the touch. So, but you're gonna get sometimes that yeah. out of him. That's his weakness, right? They also had another chance where I think Asmund played in El Shirari and just got tackled from behind. Uh, yeah, that was a great challenge. Um, also, I was going to mention on the goal, your favorite player. Yes, <laughs> I was thinking because he's quite tall. Tall, I think as a taller right wing back, if you attack the right, sorry, as I mentioned this on X earlier, I don't think that would have happened with Karsdorp on the pitch because of Christensen, no. as he's a little bit taller. Uh, I know he's probably less mobile. Karsdorp's got that excellent recovery pace as well, um, but. When the ball was played in, I was thinking, ah, back post header, perfect. Knocked down, fouled to Asman, blocked, fouled to Al Shirari, smashed it in bottom corner, uh, past the keeper, sorry, not bottom corner, because it was in the middle of the goal. Don't think that would have happened if Karsdorp was on the pitch. No, you're right. I'm glad uh, they used um, Christensen's, uh, you know, his strength, which probably one of them is aerial ability. Um, I don't think uh, Kalsar gets that header, definitely. Um, so, yeah, he was great to be involved with the goal. I was kind of perplexed with the change, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't think he's been good, but, yeah, I eat my words for that goal. I mean, he was involved and he helped us score it, so I'm I'm glad it happened. Same same with Asmoon, he was in a good spot. I, I really actually liked, if you notice too, Scott, um, after Christensen won that header, which was great, um, Al Shari had a nice little flick to Asmund. He did, yeah. It's a little flick. Um, yeah, but it's the right thing to do considering his position. Like he wasn't going to get anything oh, on no, target no. out of that. So it was it was great that he flicked it to Asmund, who was in a perfect spot, and it got blocked. But then it went to uh, went to Al Shari. So um, that was great on all fronts to get that goal. And um, like I, I mean, we always talk about. I loved El Shirari in his role. I think this has been his best role, and I really hope this continues to be his role uh, for the rest of his career at Roma. I just think he's so brilliant when he has to come on in these situations uh, to unlock the game, and he does it time and time again. I just think there's just he has a different aura or feel to him when he comes on in this uh, in this manner. Coming on late, we need a goal, we need to keep the lead, or, you know, to make Roma better, not even too late, but you know, 60, 65th minute. But when he's a starter, I find even his body language, he's just a different person. I, I don't know why, but I really like him in this role. And I, I, I hope it can continue this way. Cause I think that's the best way we're going to get, uh, we're going to get wins like this. And he's such a selfless player as well. Um, I will come on to what, his name has been dragged through the mud as well recently. And there is, what was it? After the final whistle yesterday, there is that footage of him in tears. And you just got to think his name has been 
dragged through the mud. He's gone through some awful, awful stuff recently. It, he was oh, named yeah, as he one of yeah one of two players that have Roman players that have um, been named in this betting scandal, and I think he's one of three or four players that are going to sue this journalist at the moment. We will talk about this in a moment, but there's two more points about the game I want to talk about from yesterday. Uh, Rui Patricio, I think he made four saves overall yesterday, four or five saves, and he kept Roma in the game at nil-nil with three very good saves in the second half. One was evidently straight at him, but two really good one-on-one saves. One was tipped over the bar, I think was from Vignato, and the other one was really good save down low from Brindelli. But we got to saw the 2021-22 season of Rui Patricio yesterday. Yeah, we did. He he finally showed up, had a good game. Even if a shot is at a goalkeeper, straight at a goalkeeper so, uh, sometimes, I, I always tend to think, like, I always look to see if uh, maybe they just had good positioning and that's what he did. Same with Di Gregorio. I, I know Awar's header was uh, was a little central, but he was in good positioning. So on Patricio, it was the same thing. It was straight at him, but he, he took up good positioning, which is really key for, obviously, for a goalie. Um, I think the shot he saved, I think it was off of Birandelli, the one he tipped over the bar, the long shot. I think that was off of uh, Birandelli. Oh, was shot. It? So it was, it was, was it vice versa? No, I think the Birandelli one was the second one where it's the, di- the diagonal ball. Yes. Okay. I, I, I just thought he was the one who took the shot that Patricio stopped over the bar. Anyways, I have to look, it's, it's one or the other, but he did, he did super well on that and, he looked pretty confident all night um, in goal, and uh, was, he, I don't think he put in a step wrong. I, re- I really don't think he put in a step wrong at all. So he, he did super well for me. I think that's three clean sheets in four. I think two of them are Rui Patricio's and one of them is Svila's. So it's good that it looks a lot better defensively, even though there was some chaotic scenes yesterday afternoon with the defence but also I wanted to talk about Jose Mourinho's shithousery antics after the goal and when when he got sent off which now means he will miss Inter which I think he probably wanted to because he loves Inter and I don't blame him if if he did but people calling it childish I think he did what he had to do because Monza's coaching staff and their coach were trying to roll it, rile him up pre-game and he got the win and he did some antics after the goal and did the crybaby emoji sort of thing to, to the staff on the bench. And he got a red card, which was really harsh. That's never a red card. No, it's not. I was going to say before we get to the antic, uh, Scott, do you think he there's some conspiracy that he doesn't <laughs> want to play Inter? At or the, uh, be on the bench, or be on the bench, or be in or the stands. The uh, let there be talk. Let them talk. Who cares? Yeah, it's, uh, I I don't know. Like I'd like to see him in that you know in that big game, but yeah, he he pulled that antic of uh, look. If if they were complaining, it's fine. And if you know if Jose did that maybe sure give me yellow, but that's certainly not a red. That's, 
I mean, we saw Pioli shush Mourinho and shush the sideline. Oh, yeah, in the game in August. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nothing happened. That's the first thing I think of, and that's the first thing I always see on X. If there's something that happens with Mourinho, somebody posted, always posts um, when Pioli does the shush, and it's like, ah, but this isn't a a card, though. Yeah, true. It's uh, no consistency. no, cons- exactly. No consistency. I certainly do not think that was a red. Maybe give him a yellow to warn him, but that's that's definitely not a red card. But I guess because it's Mourinho, they just love to give red cards to him. So he's going to be uh, – <laughs> what was it that he said in August? Uh, he said something about, the well, it's going to be hot outside, but I'm going to be warm inside while he's going to be sitting inside the next – next two games because he's still is he's still not back right yeah he's suspended for two more games in the europa league so he misses so both the Slavia, yeah he misses the both slavia Prague games or praha games yeah um also um the sending off for d'ambrosio twice he manhandled the referee if the roles were reversed Everyone would be going out. Ah, oh, it's the same old Roma. They always go out surrounding the referees and all that, trying to put pressure on the referees and all that. But D'Ambrosio, you cannot be doing that on the referee, can you? You cannot touch the officials. Yeah, he did. He put his arms around them. twice. He put. Yeah, you cannot do that. Um, oh, Scott, they would ask for. They would ask for whoever. If someone from Roma did it, I, I would be certain they would ask for a longer suspension. Oh yeah. Um, retrospectively, do you reckon he will get a longer suspension or not? No, I think it'll just be the intergame. Oh, no, I meant... D'Ambrosio? D'Ambrosio, no. I don't think so. I I think he's just going to be suspended the next game. Yeah, because it's just too yellow, so he picked him up. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Right, Joey, should we go into the meat and drink of this? Uh, We were going to do a podcast last week, but I think you were a bit busy with work and we thought it'd be better to do this not as hot as it came off the press last week so there's been another scandal on italian football and it hit during the two-week international break there's now a betting scandal um two two players or three players have been looked into two of them are now playing in england sandro tonali at newcastle and Nicolas Zaniolo at Aston Villa, and then you got uh, Fagioli at Juventus, and that does not look good. Some of the stories I was reading about it last week, where he had to get money off players. I think it was Gatti gave him some money, and Dragusin, who's now at Genoa, had to give him some money. So there was a bunch of players named by Fabrizio Corona, who's done some... He's an Inter fan and an Instagram star, I think I was reading about. Is he a journalist at all? Um, Corona, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, he's considered he's considered a journalist or an Italian entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. His, his Instagram is um, is interesting. Um, I think there was a woman, he was interviewed by an Italian woman on 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 a TV show and they were showing some modeling pictures of him. I think she was, uh, I'm going to keep this PG. It was probably getting a bit hot under the collar. Um, which I saw on it on, on Instagram, but this is a scandal that's going to hit rock Italian football again. And again, I think this is a new low. There's, there was a couple of Roman players linked with it. And 
both were involved in the goal yesterday. So it was Nikola Zaleski and Stefan Al-Shawari. And then both have vehemently denied it. And then I think Zaleski, Al-Shawari and Casale, who was also named in this, are going to sue Fabrizio Corona. I think one of the sources said that Zaleski, it was made up. So he wasn't involved. Um, some of the stuff that I've read, but the Fajoli one is is the horrendous one. He's going to be banned for seven months, and then Sandro Tonali and Zaniolo is is not good either. Um, do you think there's more to come out of this? Honestly, Scott, at the beginning maybe I did, but now that I look into more, I I honestly I don't believe so. There might be other players, but I don't think it's as big as what they're making out to be, be. Scott, Fabrizio Corona is a convicted felon. I don't know if you know what he's done, but this guy has been to prison. So, Can you tell, I, or is it best to just search for this and not talk about this on the podcast because I don't want to get done? <laughs> no, he just, I mean, he was charged over uh, blackmail photos. He was, uh, involved in enough, a, yeah. he was involved in a scandal where celebrities um you know celebrities and famous famous people uh would would have pictures well would have photos um and they would uh you know in more of an embarrassing way obviously like in a sexual nature and and he was sentenced to prison um in 2015 i remember it was about 2015 um, I don't know what happened. Obviously, he's out or if it happened, but he was convicted at least for it. Did he go to prison for that long? That part, I'm not sure. But he was just involved in a scandal where just like, you know, you're talking about obviously celebrities, politicians. It was just photographed for embarrassing situations. I'll leave it at best. Um, ex- so he was part of that scandal. And yeah, uh, that's so when it first came out, I was like, okay, this guy again, whatever, anything he says, I just in one year out the other, but then truth came out to it. And I firmly believe, Scott, that Tonali, Fajoli, and I'm not too sure about Zaniolo, but at least the first two, I think they were already being looked at by the FIGC. So I think he just said to maybe what was not public already, but then and my hunch, I think, is believable now because everybody he has mentioned from after the first three, which I still believe they were already being investigated by FIGC and maybe he got an intel on the names, so he leaked it publicly. Everybody else has firmly denied. And so far, when they've been investigated, they found no evidence. It went as far as Scott, as to him, um, kind of mentioning, um, I don't know if you saw, he mentioned Asmoon. He mentioned Asmoon and horse racing because he loved horse racing. That's why he came to Rome. And he mentioned in, you know, as part of like part of a betting scandal, which everybody publicly knows that Asmoon loves horse racing. It was, I the think dumbest he loves horses. I think he loves horses. Horses, but he loves the involvement of horse racing okay. as well. So uh, when I saw that, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay. 
I was, anyway, so anyways, that, that from that point on, I'm like, this, I don't think this guy knows much what he's talking about. So everybody he has mentioned, especially the Roma players, they said they have found no evidence mm. that they've been involved in a betting scandal. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's been my hunch and that's what I followed and that's what I've been reading. Um, on the players itself, I mean, I'm glad they overturned it and got involved for the goal you, you mentioned. And I'm, I'm glad they're, they're doing something about it to sue him because you cannot just publicly make a statement without any evidence on it. Obviously, there's going to be repercussion. repercussion. And uh, yeah, the, I thought the players turned up yesterday despite everything that's happened to them all week. And I understand Al Shawari's tears. He loves the club. You know, is being accused of something that it seems right now he's not part of. So yeah, I don't know. I just think it's it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a joke, really. Uh, I just don't think anybody should listen to this guy anymore. Stefano Shawari said, "How can you think of disrespecting football when you witness all of this?" Yeah, he's right. And his name has been dragged through the mud, as I said earlier. And as you you understand the tears and the emotions, that must put a lot put a lot of of it on your mind and on your body and all this because you've been disrespected, and it's proven it's going to be proven to be false. And I think a lot of the players that have been named in this will eventually will start to sue him. Um, on the three that has been named, the stead earlier, have you read any of the stuff from Fagioli from last week? Yeah, I have. There's, was, uh, there was a couple of good threads on social media about what was going on. Do you remember when he was on tears on the substitutes bench after coming off against Sassuolo? Uh, yes, yes, I do, actually, yeah. Yeah, that, that I think something went wrong in that game. He was, oh, I think he borrowed money off, like, as I said, off uh, his teammate Gatti plays in centre, centre defence, and then Dragusini plays for Genoa. But oh, yeah, he was asking for money, and he said he was broke. Yeah, he had a real addiction. Which I mean, it happens. Addictions happen, and obviously you need to get help. But having this. The, the part that bothers me, Scott, is having this publicly mentioned so that everybody knows you're going through a problem and you know how the internet is these days. That's what bothers me about the guy of Corona. I really, really, really believe, Scott, and I hope it comes out later that th- that is true, that they were already being investigated by FIGC, but they were being done, it was being done privately, which is what should be done, which is really what should be done. Because when you when you publicly start to to mention this, this is what happens. It's 2023. We know the internet. We know how X can be. We know how other social media platforms can be. And this just makes it worse on the kid. And and again, he's a kid. What is he, 19 years old, 20 years old? He has an addiction. This isn't going to help. No, but- and Tonali's 22. And uh, I'm just reading something on Football Italia. Um, that there was an hour, an hour ago uh, by Lorenzo Bittoni. Uh Why Tonali will get a longer ban than Fagioli in betting scandal. So Tonali admitted to betting on Milan and Brescia games while under contract with the, with both Milan and Brescia. He always bet on the former clubs to win. 
Um, so this means Tanani is not suspected of match fi- fixing, even if gambling on his former clubs will likely lead to a longer ban than Juventus midfielder Fagioli. So he, he bet on his team to evidently win. Yeah, that's why he would get a longer, a ban, longer but ban. I think there would be evidence of Fagioli betting on Juve games, would there not be, especially the Sassuolo one? Oh, interesting. I am looking at this. Uh, so, so there's another Football Italia article. We're all doing this on the fly at the moment, so I'm just trying to find stuff. Uh, um, the doctor helping to treat Juventus midfielder Nicolo Vagioli for his self-admitted gambling addiction has said there will probably be many others involved in the unfolding betting scandal, suggesting that it's a statistical fact. Interesting. Very interesting, yeah. This is going to have a, a hindrance on their mental health as well. Absolutely. That's why I hope, Scott, too, it's not bigger than what it is. It's a few players, whatever, right? That's why I'm, I'm really hoping it's not bigger. But, yeah, it's uh, it's really their kids, right? So I, I don't know how they'll handle it. They're 19-20 for Fagioli and 22 for Tanali, and we'll see what Zaniolo is not much older either. So we'll, And we'll see what happens to all of them. But it's a similar, I know in Fajoli's case, it's a similar, um, it's a s- similar band to what uh, Tony got in the yeah, presidency. Yeah. So even, even Tony got eight months. Uh, so he comes back in January. I think it is. Uh, he, oh my God, he had 200. Okay. I'm just going to Google cause I want to get this correct first time. Did he ever bet on Brentford games um, himself? It went, it went years back. So it went, uh, I think it went back. Oh my God. Like before he went to Brentford. Uh, so he, I think he had over 200 breaches. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't think it was that many. Yes. I got to watch that video. He did a, does a long interview. Yeah. It's like an hour and 50 minutes long. He had 232 alleged breaches which went back from 2017 to 2021. There is another player that used to play for Swindon who's now at Nottingham Forest. His name escapes me. I'm just going to... Oh, Harry Toffolo. He also got done recently for betting um, betting scandal over here. I think you probably see more of this recent... In, in, recent uh, not recently, but... With more of this to come out, he had a suspended five-month sentence, Toffolo did, and he bet on a lot of games. Um, no, get out of that. That's YouTube. I do not want to click on a YouTube link. Um, and he's suffering from poor mental health, which uh, Sky Sports over here in the UK did a story over him. But he did stuff as well where he placed... 40 historical bets and 375 breaches and he had a suspended five months uh, ban I don't know what's worse Tony or this and Harry Toffolo's went as far as like January 2014 to March 2017 he was on loan at Swindon at like the 2014-15 season. So, how, how long was he banned for, Scott? He had a suspended five-month span. Uh, that's a little short, isn't it? Just a bit. With with the, the breaches that he had, 
It's well, look, if if Fajoli is just recently, they haven't dated as far back, but if Fajoli's just recent, like, I mean, how long could this kid have been betting on games? Like, he's, like I said, he's very young. How long could it have been? It cannot be longer than Tony. And to have a similar ban, I would think it's either, I, I would think then it's it wasn't as harsh than on Ivan Tony. Again, I haven't seen the interview or his side of it. I'm just talking from the breaches itself. Like, if you compare the two, it's either Fajoli's is too harsh or Tanali and the player from Swindon is not harsh enough. Yeah, so um, Toffolo's now at Nottingham Forest. So he was a Swindon player on loan from Norwich. So he's played for Norwich, Swindon, Lincoln, Huddersfield, and now um, Notts Forest. And it's just, it's got worse and worse and worse. I'm, I'm I'm trying to find the stuff I may have sent to you last week about Fagioli because there's a massive thread from a Juve fan who's done like done all of this, um, but we can probably talk about it at a later date because I think we've probably covered as much as we can. Also, Fabrizio Corona said there's a gay a couple. Was it one or two gay players playing in Serie A? Yes, uh, he mentioned that. Yeah. Honestly, who cares? I know. Who who gives a fuck? It's 2023. It's not like it was 30, 40 years ago. Like I watch cricket. Um, there's openly gay players in the men's and female game. Uh, uh, female. Uh, or in the male game and the female game. English Scott eventually got out there. Um, there's a couple of openly gay players in in football. Honestly, who cares no more? Don't care if you're gay, straight, bisexual, lesbian. As long as you're a decent person, who cares? Is this the world we're living in now? Uh, It's 2023. It's a shit world at the moment. And it's really got worse and worse as the year's gone on on as as what's going on in the world at the moment. But if he's going to out gay footballer honestly who cares is this the world what we're living in now yeah exactly it is and um that's why i said people should not listen to him he's just i that's why i i just stopped i just it's in one year out the other like people should really really not listen to fabrizio corona in 2023 i'll leave it at that we'll leave it at that um we'll end in a in a few minutes because roma are back on thursday Europa League, a big game because it's the top two playing each other, isn't it? Roma plays one of the group. Yeah, so both teams are on six from six, but Slavia Prague have the better goal difference after thumping. Uh, who did they beat in the previous game? Sheriff. Yeah, yeah, Sheriff Terrasport. They won six nil, but also Slavia Prague won two nil against Slovakia. Um, on Saturday, um, and they were second in the Czech First League, and Sparta Prague are top. <laughs> so, but and both teams haven't lost at all this season in the league. So Sparta are top on thirty-two points, Slavia are a second on thirty, but Sparta have drawn two, Slavia are drawn three. Uh, Victoria Peel's on the third. Uh, Sigma and Banneke Strava are fourth and fifth. Um, I think it, these two games will be 
quite tough. Um, in between the two games, Slavia played Bohemians and Victoria Pilsen. It's going to be a bit tougher because they've like Slavia have, have done well to start off the group. They beat Server and then they destroyed Sheriff six 0 What are your thoughts going into this? If Rama can win the the first game and get a point in Prague, I think that may be enough. Yeah, that certainly would be enough. But the the biggest thing is we're playing them at the Olympico Thursday. Roma have to win this game. Yeah, um, they're at home. It uh, doesn't matter who they have, who you have. They're they're vastly superior. Roma are still vastly superior. Although Slavia kind of um, kind of unexpectedly like beat to me Sheriff and Servet that heavily. It was a little unexpected. I, I did not see this, but Roma are still far superior, and they they should not leave anything else without you know with which without the win. It should be win win at all costs. Because when you go to Praha, I and when you go to Savia's home, um, which is in November, I believe, just before the Derby, it's going to be a tough battle, and Roma need to win this game at home if they want to stay top of the group. Yeah, because if you go through, if you sorry, if you English Scott, if you finish top, you automatically go through to is it the last sixteen? So you don't have to play the playoff round, or is it the last thirty-two? I think it's the well, last it's the third. It, you don't play the last thirty-two, and then it becomes a sixteen. Sixteen, yeah. Because yeah. if you finish second, you play the teams who finished third. In the Champions League group, so you get that drop down. I think which that, I still find ridiculous, Scott. I, I think again, if you're out of a competition, you're out. Yeah, it's the same thing. If you finish third in your Europa League group, you f- go straight down to the Conference, Conference League. Yeah. yeah, I just think Scott, it should be the first two, and that's it. That's all. I know it's probably for money and all that stuff, but it should be first two champions to go through, first two of Europa, first two of Conference. That's it. That's all. There should be no extra games. No falling down of the Champions League to Europa. I don't think that should be the case. But anyways, uh, this is the biggest game of the group. I think if Roma wins, they're in good, uh, pretty good shape. I said it last time that I, I believe beating uh, Servette, that 4-0 game, I think Roma have done just about enough at least to come second. I, I think that that might already be sealed. I don't see any way Sheriff... Um, come back from this, neither and neither Servette. So uh, I think at least second is is there, but ultimately Roma have no excuses. They they have to win and they got to be first. Do you expect many changes? Not really. I there's not many players that are coming back. Besides, well, there's the two center backs. So the expected change I think that would be made is. Um, well, Andika had, there was a report that he had a bit of a foot contusion. Yeah, he got trod on the foot by Colombo. Yeah, but they say it isn't that serious. So I still expect him to be there. There hasn't been any talk about it. But the only change I really expect to make, make is Llorente is going to be playing in the middle, mm. probably like a smalling, and then Cristante is going to move into midfield. midfield. Yeah, with uh, Paredes and either Awar or Bove. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, Awar played 90 minutes, maybe Bove. 
And then up, I think the wing backs, wing backs might change. Uh, my and goalkeeper, goalkeeper. Would you put Svilar in? Oh yes, Svilar, Svilar. Yes, and then, right. I completely forgot. And then play Al Sharari or Mbalotti up front, or one of the two. I believe it's they're going to stick with Lukaku. Bologna. Yeah, that fares. Yeah, I and the right side because Christensen can't play. It's obviously Karsdorp, Karsdorp again, Pelic, probably yeah. Karsdorp. If not a worst case, Chelik, and then maybe Zaleski. So there will be a couple, but I think the the front will be the same. I think the most part of the midfield will be the same, and the goalkeeper will change. No, that's fair, fair. Uh, I imagine a bit of squad rotation because you've got a, a big week. And the best thing about it is there's no midweek football next week. So you've got after the Inter game, you've got a week's rest going into the Lecce game. It's with the Lecce game, you've got Lecce, the second game of Slavia Praha, and then it's Lazio. I think that's how it works. That is. Yeah, Scott, yeah. and I would maybe expect a bit of rotation if we didn't have injured players, but who are you going to rotate? True. Everybody that played, um, everybody that played against. Um, Monza will probably feature in this game because we don't have much rotation. Yeah, yeah. Cristante is coming up to the midfield. Obviously, he never sits, so he's going to play because Llorente is coming back. But in the midfield, you only have four uh, four healthy midfielders. And all four of them played against Monza. Just one played in defense because he had to cover. Cover, yeah. And up front, you only have two strikers or, or I guess El Shrari is your third option, but he's been better... Mo- Obviously, I wide. You only have two strikers. Dival is injured, and Asmoon can't even play. So there's really not much rotation there t- to happen. My final question is: Could you see a switch to the four-three-three? I've said it a couple of times. I feel like this would be the time to switch. This would be the time to switch. Never happened. So no, I, I don't expect it to change anymore. Because it sort of worked, but then it sort of was a hindrance yesterday. Yeah, it was. As soon as they scored that goal, Scott, like, I can feel it and it happened that Jose probably screamed or said something, go back to three back. Go, go to back three back, back. yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't... go back to the centre-back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. No, that's fair enough. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it. Um, do you have anything more else to add? No, that's, uh, that's all for me. Guys, you can... Follow us at lemagicast.com. You can find all the previous 220 episodes on the website. We are now up to 221. Um, you can follow us on all podcast apps, so Spotify, the podcast, Apple app, uh, Podbean, etc., etc. Um, we'll probably be back Friday evening after the game on Thursday to review the game on Thursday and then to preview the big game at Inter. And I think Romelu Lukaku is expecting a very nice warm welcome at the San Siro. Oh uh, yeah, he's gonna be cheered he's gonna be cheered at the San Siro for sure. <laughs> I think he's oh, gonna one thing Scott I actually will mention I don't want Roma to think about Inter before Slavia Prague. Yeah, yeah, they they won't. I I doubt they won't because um you have to get through Slavia Praha first. Definitely. Right, Joey, thank you very much for joining me on this Monday evening, for early evening for me. I think it's an early one for you. And remember, the clocks go back next week. 
Ah, uh, they do. You're right. Well, they go back for you, uh, for us. Um, I don't know if it were us or we're at the same time, but yeah. They All do right. Very shortly. Didn't you used to be earlier? Um, uh, no, us, it was usually around Halloween. Maybe this clock changes the same time, but I, I know maybe the one around Easter time changes where it changes for you guys uh, a couple weeks earlier than we do. Huh. I know because when we, yeah, because when sometimes Roma or other footballs on TV, Instead of being on like 2.45, like local time for us, it's on like 3.45. So it's uh-huh. always an hour, an hour, yeah, an hour difference. But it's never, um, I know one of them, it's changed at a different time. I, I believe it's the one in Easter. Okay, okay. It, yeah, it boggles me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we, I don't know why we change it at different times, but there's a good like two, three weeks in the year where instead of being five hours behind you, Scott, in the UK, yeah. we're six hours behind you yeah. and seven behind Italy. Yeah, so ours goes back this weekend coming, so the 28th, 29th, but no, enough enough of us waffling on about BST and time zones and clock okay. changes. And, um, no, no, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, just thank you very much for joining me on this Monday evening. Um, and guys, enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the football tonight because there's two Serie A games. One is about to kick off now, and it's Fiorentina Empoli at quarter to eight UK time, quarter to nine local time. There's Champions League, Europa League. I'm off to a game tomorrow. It's EFL tomorrow. There's a lot of football midweek. Um, we'll be back Friday. Enjoy the rest of your week. Ciao. Ciao. Oh, 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 oh,